Welcome to Let's Talk Land, a weekly international land education talk show devoted to learning about land and farms, buying and selling, and ownership, especially for real estate agents and realtors. Hey, learn from the experts, guys. This is free land education, hard to find. Hi, my name's Lou Jewell, and I'm accredited land consultant with Land Pro Real Estate, along with my co-host, Teresa Martin, this morning. Good morning, Teresa. Hello. How are you today? I'm good. I hope you are. I'm great. We've got a great, great show today. You're going to enjoy this one. Buying or selling homes, land or farms in western Piedmont, North Carolina, Southern Virginia. Hey, just give us a shout. We'll help you out. Our office is at 207 East Main Street in downtown Pilot Mountain, North Carolina. Our company website is www.mylandpro.com. All of our shows are dedicated to the Realtors Land Institute staff and members. Their national site is www.rliland.com, rliland.com. Now listen to me. If you're buying or selling land, you want to find someone on our website that's a member, especially an accredited land consultant like myself. I believe it's around 650 of us. And we have over 2,000 members around the country because we know how to play the game. We've been trained. We know how to make you money if you're uh, selling. We know how to save you money if you're buying www.rlandland.com. Hey, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. Buying or selling land, LandHub is the place to be. And AcreValue, looking to find out what your neighbor's property sold for, just see AcreValue.com. Teresa, our guest this morning is, is Erica Benson. Good morning, Erica. How are Thank you for having me. Oh, you're more than welcome. We've been wanting to get you on the air here for a while, and we're glad we could work this out this morning. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Where are you calling from? So I'm calling from New York. Um, I am a land investor. I have a company, Gokche Capital. Gokche, that's kind of like Dolce, but with a G. Um, You can find me at gokchecapital.com. And uh, I buy and sell land, but I also have a land education component to the business. Um, So I I put out a lot of free content, blog posts and YouTube videos, but I also have some courses. And um, before that, uh, before I started with land, I was in affordable housing. So I helped the city of New York develop new affordable housing projects. And before that, I um, was in architecture. So I was an architectural designer. Wow, that's quite a background. You also worked for the city of New York, too, right? Yes, I did work for the city of New York in their affordable housing department. Um, I was in the Department of New Construction, so we oversaw new affordable units, primarily rentals, but I did um, I did some home ownership as well. And you're originally from Chicago. I hear that little bit of that Midwestern beautiful accent. Yes, I'm, I'm originally from Chicago. Um, I've actually lived in all three major cities in the U.S., Chicago, L.A., and New York. Good gracious. So I've been all over. <laughs> and you spent a little time in Nicaragua, right? And, yes, I did do a spell in Nicaragua. I was working with um, a local village government or town government in the north, um, uh, as well as a, a few nonprofits doing a couple different projects, some housing, some infrastructure development, and some uh, 
ecotourism infrastructure as well. Well, it's quite 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 a uh, background. So, how did you get into the land investment business? What's what what was the germ of that? Well, it started. Um, my partner and I, my partner, my business partner, is also my life partner. Um, we were looking to just do some real estate investment for you know our own personal portfolio, and of course, but of course, in New York. Uh, a lot of investment properties were out of our reach at the time. And um, so we started to look at uh, creative ideas for how we could get into real estate. And we, we came across the, the idea of land investing uh, really just through Googling. But we also saw a show, one of these, uh, I forget which one it is now, but it's one of those shows where um, people buy properties and, and redevelop them. And one of the showcased properties was, or one of the showcased uh, landowners was someone who had, from New York, who had bought an old brownfield site and built um, their own kind of like off-grid homestead uh, out in rural New York. Yeah, let me explain um, what... And we, found that really, we found that really interesting. Um, so we looked more into land investing thought was a viable business uh, with a lot less competition than other real estate niches, niches, and that's what we got into. How long ago was that, Erica? Oh, sorry, what was that? How long, are, how long have you been doing this? So we are now in our fifth year wow. of okay. land investing. So you've watched the market in different, different perspectives, right? A lot of supply and demand, and then no supply and a lot of demand, and what's next? We're not sure. Kind of makes it interesting. And one thing that I noticed on your website, your land investments are primary lots, right? Not acreage tracts. Yeah, so we we primarily focus on more rural real estate. Generally, it's residential zoning, so not commercial, um, not really agricultural. Although we do have some lots that are zoned agriculture, um, but they'd be. They'd be a little bit smaller, so maybe more for a homestead rather than a full commercial enterprise. Right. And you, you guys do financing. You've got a very attractive uh, uh, down payment uh, to get into the uh, yes. get into the deal. It's oh, that's cool. Yes, we do offer owner financing on all of our properties. So coming from the affordable housing background, trying to... Uh, we're really um, targeting more the entry-level market, so we're trying to make land more affordable. That's why our parcels are a little smaller, at least for the rural property market. Um, and then we also try to offer the most affordable terms that we can. What was the first state that you uh, made your investment in this program? Oh, sorry, what was that? What was the first state that you uh, made your first investment this program? The date? State. State. I'm sorry. State. I'm, I'm sorry. I don't, I don't know why I'm having a hard time hearing this particular question. Is it state? Yeah, state. state. I know you're I, in multiple states. Okay. Yeah, where did you start? What's, what was the first state? Was it New York or North Carolina? It was actually New Mexico was the first state that we invested in in Valencia County, and uh, 
we continue to work a lot in Valencia County. Was that the one with that the brownfield? Is that what you said, called it brownfields, when you were first talking about it? Yes, uh, brownfield site was the, the case study we were looking at. What is, what is that? Can you explain that, somebody? <laughs> I can if you... So yeah, so a brownfield is uh, it's a site that is um, it's not pristine, essentially. So it's a site that um, generally has some contamination on it. Um, it may be vacant land, but it um, either was contaminated by a nearby industrial use or it once had an industrial or even agricultural use on it that would have caused some contamination on, on the property. Um, you see it a lot in more urban areas, but you can also see it in rural areas because um, some farming uses, especially industrial scale farming uses, can cause contamination. Um, but it's basically a, a lot that is not pristine. Um, it requires work to clean up. And there are often, um, there are often state and federal funding that you can access if you buy a, a brownfield and you plan to clean it up um, to help, you know, remediate these things and put them back into productive use. Yeah, like you said, you usually see this around uh, a lot of uh, urban areas, old manufacturing facilities, and we then had the EPA and stuff to monitor, and they dumped uh, right. stuff on the ground. And you'll see it on farms, too. You know, the farmers used to use arsenic and I know we've got 900 acres that's been in our family for six generations, uh, multiple mm -hmm. parcels. But, uh, you know, I know they used to take the old motor wall when they change it and, you know, spread it out on the dirt roads to keep the dust down. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. you and you had the lagoons with the cows and, you know, with all their waste going into it and the streams, they would uh, decimate those. And yeah. uh, so, uh, yeah, a lot of that kind of stuff. So how did you learn to do due diligence? I've been doing this 30 years, and I teach this, the basic course called Introduction to Land Brokerage. Uh, it's quite impressive. Oh, by the way, I want to mention this. If you're not driving, uh, please take a chance to go to uh, Erica's website, which is real easy. It's gokcap.com, www.gokcap.com. Uh, I printed it out, and it's almost a daggum book here. You've got a lot of stuff on there, girl. But, but how did you how did you learn to do all these due, this due diligence process? Quite impressive, quite frankly. Um, just by buying lots of properties. Trial and error. <laughs> so we've uh, we've bought. Um, oh gosh, I should have gotten the exact number, but um, we bought probably close to six hundred properties now. Wow. Um, so yeah, just uh, just just by buying and selling properties, and a lot of them in a short amount of time. And don't you, like I, there's always something, I don't care how much experience you have or knowledge, there's always something that comes up that you never heard of, right? It's, it's, uh, that's true. That's what keeps uh, you hopping. I, <laughs> I'm surprised at, at how many things still come up that I've never encountered before. Land is quite a unique beast. It, it's kind of the gift that keeps on giving issues with vacant land. Obviously, this is our two. You're our 211th guest uh, since 2018, 
And I thought, you know, we'd run out of things to talk about, right, Teresa? <laughs> it never ends, does it? No. It never ends. So. Um, yeah, that's, why I, that's why I love land. I actually. Oh, yeah. That it's um, one of the, the most interesting real estate categories because there's so much that can come up with land. So you're always learning when you're involved in buying or selling land in some capacity. Well, Teresa and I. Uh, have a lot of respect for uh, what you've done in a short period of time, and, and at least in my 74 years, but uh, uh, to be able to uh, put together and actually teach, because that's my thing. I have a real estate school I'm starting about land for anyone, and hopefully you can be part of that. But uh, there's no land education in, in, the, in, the, in the profession of, of real estate, appraisal, attorneys, uh, uh, all, this, all the stuff, uh, uh, Soil scientists, uh, foresters, surveyors. Uh, there's no formal land education in any of our vocations other than in land, uh, the Realtors Land Institute, which I'm proud to be a member of, and I think we're like 79 years old. But, uh, but with 1.6 million realtors out there, I think uh, we've got 2,000 members. So, <laughs> And then to be an accredited land consultant where you've got around 650 nationwide, it's... Uh, quite a specialty and uh, but yeah. but uh, if people go to your website and you've also written a book we're going to talk about that which is uh, fascinating uh, haven't had a chance to read it but we'll do that at some point in the future but uh, what gets you up in the morning um just uh well the um the thought of being able to learn something new like i said the, the great thing about land is well, it's both it's a blessing and a curse. You know, new things always come your way, and so you're never bored. And, um, you know, just uh, being able to get up, learn new things, but and bring the knowledge that uh, I've learned to people who are also trying to start their journey buying and selling land, um, trying to figure out new ways to, to bring valuable content to the marketplace. Uh, that's that's really what's been driving me recently. Well, we, we, uh, we're going to do a little break here, but uh, our guest today is Erica Benson with the Gorka Capital. This is Let's Talk Land. Hey, are you looking to buy or sell land? Landhub.com previews thousands of properties nationwide. That's landhub.com. And then Acrevalia, today's sponsor, if you want to know who owns the field down the road, or what it sold for last year, the best place to reach land, and it's all free, is acrevalue.com. So, Erica, let's talk about some other things. <clears throat> what, what, what are some of the top things that you should look for uh, when you're interested in buying land? And it doesn't matter if it's a small track or a large track. So, there are, well, there are a lot of different things that you should look at when buying land, but the the eight major categories, I would say, are wetlands, so state and federally designated wetlands, they're on or near the property, special hazard flood zones, both physical and legal access, because often you can have a parcel that may have a physical road leading to it, but doesn't actually have a legal right-of-way or a legal access easement. So even though you can physically access the property, you don't 
technically have the legal right to, and often that means you can't build on the property until you get that legal access. Zoning, or the ability to develop the property the way you would like. Ownership, um, I've seen it's not uncommon where you are, even though a title company will give you title insurance, you're actually only buying undivided interest in a property, so that means you're getting partial interest in the land, in the whole parcel of land, but still only parcel, partial interest rather than full interest. Um, there's also split estates in vacant land, so you may just get the surface rights and not the mineral rights. Um, that happens a lot. And sometimes that's an issue depending on the location and, again, what you want to do with the property. Easements, um, especially in urban areas, you may find that a property that has never been developed hasn't been developed because there are a lot of underground utilities running through it, or even if the utilities haven't been run yet, there are still utility easements running through the middle of the property, and you can't build on those easements. So if they're depending on their location, that may make the property unbuildable. Access to all relevant utilities, electric, water, sewer. Um, if you can't hook up to those utilities right now, you need to know how much it's going to cost to bring them to the property. If public water and sewer are not an option, you want to go through all the relevant tests to make sure that a well would be feasible. So you want to understand the depth to the groundwater. You also want to make sure that water isn't contaminated. Um, you also want to check and make sure that new wells are allowed because in some areas, in particular in the southwest, you may need to have water rights in order to install a new well, especially if you're going to use it for irrigation, so not just for domestic uses. And then that leads to the last major point of percolation tests or just soil tests in general. Um, so if you don't have access to public sewer, you're going to want to know that you can install a septic system. And so you'll need a percolation test, and that measures the rate at which the soil um, and the water drains through the soil. Because most conventional septic systems will use the soil to, to drain the um, filtered effluent. Um, so to be eligible for a septic permit, you need to show that you have a perk test that has a certain rate that would be acceptable to the Environmental Health Department. And there are, there are a bunch of other soil tests that you'll probably want to get done as well, depending on how you want to use the property. So things like a geotech for foundation, um, but if you're gonna do farming, there are a whole bunch of soil tests to make sure that the soil is usable. And then there are also a bunch of soil tests that you do to check for environmental contamination. But those are the main buckets. Uh, of course, there's a right. whole lot more oh, yeah. that can come up <laughs> buying land. Yeah. We, we, could, we could spend the whole show talking about this. If, if I may, something I do and I, I teach, I've been teaching since 2003, the um, um, introduction class called LAM 101 for the two-day course for the Realtors Land Institute. I think we have 12 courses now, and this is a required course to get the ALC designation. But one thing that I teach uh, to the realtors is that when you have an opportunity to represent a buyer or a seller, it doesn't matter, is that you do some title work. 
so you can predict if there's any issues that may come up and also for negotiating points. So where do you find, where do you find title information, Erica? I mean, I have my way. What's your source? So if you're doing your own title research, you're not um, relying on the, the title company to generate. No, no, no. I want to copy the title policy. Where do you get a copy of it? If there is one. If there is one, well, um, so, well, I, I actually do my own research, so I, I go and grab all the documents from the public record okay. that I can find, um, because I want to review all of the deeds myself, but, um, you can also ask the the seller should give you a copy of their existing title policy. Right. Um, or you could try and contact the title company. Um, usually their name will be on the vesting deed. Uh, and uh, depending on who you are, they may give you a copy of that. Um, I don't believe that they would give me a copy of someone else's policy um, just as a land investor. Right. But, but if you're a real estate agent, maybe. Well, I find that the attorneys, because it's really covering the attorneys, their due diligence, it's not really, it's, it, they, the title companies, the attorneys or the escrow companies buy the title insurance. I mean, you pay for it, but they're the ones that, uh, that uh, promote it. And that's where you're going to find exceptions, like an old farm road. Right. That's on the on the old uh, Corps of Engineer uh, topography map or uh, easement or access or <clears throat> other things, uh, and um, it's interesting that uh, that um, doing land in, in in the United States. We had the privilege of several shows ago, and I don't remember the podcast, but we interviewed a beautiful young lady like yourself, Erica, that uh, her and her partner. Uh, started investing in real estate for their portfolio in Australia. That's where they're from. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and uh, they started flipping houses, and then they started looking around at all the different countries that they could invest in, and the biggest problem in Australia is the due diligence information that we can acquire here in the United States. In Australia, you can only get about 10% of that information. So it was very difficult to really, you know, do your due diligence uh, uh, in, a, in a more formal way. I mean, it was painstaking. So that's why they moved their interest to, to the United States. And then the last house they did, uh, the people quit. People were stealing stuff. Uh, it was just a nightmare, and they barely broke even. And they said, there's got to be a better way. And they had created an association with a realtor down in Florida. And he says, well, why don't you start investing in land? So that's what they've been doing, like yourself here, for a number of years. Really. <laughs> so, uh, but uh, so why is due diligence difficult with vacant land? We're talking about that, and I just gave, yeah, gave so, an example. Uh, well, because unlike unlike almost any other real estate niche, um, there's oh wide, there's a much wider range of issues that can come up with vacant land. 
and there's a, there are a lot more unknowns. I mean, every other real estate niche, you already have something, generally you already have something on the property, so you know at least that that property can be used for that purpose. Right. With vacant land, you have no certainty that it can be used for anything. You have to ensure yourself that the property, you're, you'll actually be able to do something with the property. Um, and just because I think a lot of people are getting into land um, I've, heard, I've heard this from a lot of people. They believe that just because you own a property, you can generally do whatever you want with it. And that's, of course, not true. Um, there are so many different factors that could impede your ability to develop a property or to farm it or um, even to use it for um, something like hunting or recreational uses. So there are a ton of factors that can come up, and most of these are unseen factors. You can't just go visit the property and see the issue. And it's often the case that to uncover these issues, you need to do a lot of research yourself, make a lot of phone calls, dig through a lot of different documents, or have tests done. And unfortunately, you can't always rely on third-party professionals to catch everything for you. So title companies, of course, are only going to look at title issues. Right. They're not going to flag all the other things that can come up in development. And a good real estate agent who specializes in land and who's you know, accredited through um, programs that you work with, Lou, um, should have a lot of expertise and should be able to help you. But many real estate agents don't necessarily have an expertise in land and, um, you know, primarily do residential or commercial or some other real estate niche, and so they're not going to know how to catch all these issues for right. you. Um, and so that's why. And then on top of all of this, you're gonna, you can come across, even if you've done a lot of transactions yourself, there's always something new that pops up. You know, there's, there are a number of rare or very specific issues that can come up. Some of them may be location-specific. Um, like I know, in certain parts of the country, arsenic was used as a pesticide. I think in North Carolina, there was actually an issue. Um, I had heard a fellow developer talking about this, that they had developed a whole subdivision of single-family homes. And... They had everything was fine with the subdivision. They sold all the homes. The people loved the homes, but they were on well water. And a few years after the homes were sold, some of the residents tested their wells and found arsenic in them at fairly high levels. And it was because back in the 1920s, that used to be that area used to be an apple orchard, and they used arsenic, a form of arsenic, as a pesticide. And that was fairly common in apple orchards at the time. But, of course, since that happened so long ago, there was there's no longer any historical knowledge about that. I don't even think the developer knew it had been an orchard at one point. You know, there are other... Um, sometimes you may be in a location where there's a very specific endangered species that shows up. Um, that happens a lot in Florida. And... Um, I've seen in California, in some areas, 
example, in the southwest a lot, you'll have um, wildcat subdivisions where some developer divided up uh, land and they didn't do it correctly. While the deeds were recorded, the parcels were sold, but the properties were never approved by the, the planning department. So now they've labeled them as illegal subdivisions and it's essentially said you, no one can build on them until someone comes back and redoes the whole subdivision. So that is up to the subdivision code. So there, there are just a, a lot of issues that can come up and every location has its own unique issues. Um, and that's, that's really what makes due diligence so difficult. Absolutely. Um, <clears throat> but it makes it exciting too. It's uh, right. like, like forensic that's science. Why, that's right? why I personally love land. Yeah, I'm always learning. me too. But, uh, it never ends. And it's, uh, I know here in North Carolina, we have to have 180 hours of CE to get your license plus 330 hours to get your broker's license. And in one of the 30-hour classes, they throw up a slide that says, land is the most complicated of all real estate transactions. And then you ask the instructor why. <clears throat> they have no land education, and they just have a blank face. And that's why education is so important. And we're going to talk about in this next segment about what you're doing with your book and your classes and your courses. And uh, we're going to open up the world to, uh, <clears throat> to what you're doing and uh, let them know there's some opportunities to uh, learn about all these issues that, uh, that I personally have run across and other agents. So uh, we're going to have an exciting opportunity here. So our guest today is Erica Benson with Gorka Capital out of New York and um, we'd like to thank our sponsors, LandHub.com. View thousands of properties for sale at LandHub.com. LandHub, sell your land, land of your dreams. And then AcreValue, if you want to know who owns the field down the road or what they sold for last year, the best place to research land is AcreValue.com. So you have painstakingly, I'm sure, because I've done it myself, have uh, written a book about land, and its uh, short title is Land Investing Mistakes. Tell us about that and why you did it and where you got your information and what the purpose of what you're doing. So the full title is Land, land Investing Mistakes, 11 True Stories You Need to Know Before Buying Land. Um, so that's a, the title suggests it's 11 true stories of Mistakes I made, um, some of them quite basic and embarrassing, but I, I wrote them out as a series of stories. Uh, having said that, though, the bulk of the book is a due diligence checklist. Um, so you get uh, you get the stories, but then you get a full checklist of over 150 items of things that have actually come up when when I was buying land. So. Every time something came up, I wrote another blurb. I spent about a year and a half writing this book, um, trying to chronicle every single issue that had come up during a transaction. And every time I thought I was going to finish the book, something else came up. So I added another blurb in the checklist and so on and so on. But um, I think I did manage to cover everything that I've encountered in the book. Um, and occasionally I'll update it as I encounter something else. But... I wrote it, uh, this was one of the first educational materials that I 
that I put out. And the reason I, I wanted to start um, making materials like this was because I, when I had started my business, I found that there was, well, as you, you say a lot, Lou, there's very little land education out there. And part of the reason I made some very simple and stupid mistakes in some of my earlier transactions was because there there was nothing I could turn to to um, at least help me avoid the, the biggest mistakes you can make um, when buying. And, and I wanted to put out some material that may help other people you know, not have to go through that same painful process when they buy land for the first time themselves. And also just any, even if someone, even for people who are experts in land, um, if they felt like they too had never had access to materials that would, that would make it easier for them to, to um, complete their transactions um, and avoid mistakes, I, I thought it'd be helpful um, for them to learn to learn from my mistakes, you know, if there were if there was material that I had discovered that um, could help their business. I just really like doing research and it being sort of a just a fun project for me. So why did you decide to write the book? And I wrote one too, by the way. Um, I got my license in '98, in North Carolina, and. 2008 in Virginia, I think it was, but um, uh, I was fortunately in a rural area with a small real estate firm, and of course most of the transactions that we did was land, actually developing land, and I've developed over 80 rural subdivisions or something like that. I don't even have a count anymore over the years, but um, I just sat down on the weekends or when I had spare time, and I started putting, like you, Erica, my thoughts, my experience together. I never published it. Uh, I do send it out if those people, you know, people that want it. Uh, but um, it really helped me understand what I didn't understand. So I was a- yeah. able to chronicle uh, things that I identified, but it didn't help me identify all the stuff that came forward in the next twenty some years. Okay. So I guess I should sit down and chronicle those. But uh, I guess I'm doing that in this radio show in a way, and in my classes. But it's a fascinating process to sit down and and organize your thoughts. Uh, But uh, And I look forward to reading this. I haven't had a chance to, but I will. (coughs) Sorry. So what really, what was the germ uh, that got you to sit down and spend the time and and do this work? Uh, I think, well, I think part of it may have been like what, what, you were saying, um, I thought it would be helpful for, for our business as well um, to do the formal research on due diligence. Um, and as you'll see from the stories, we made some very basic mistakes in the beginning. Part of that is because we were buying fairly low-value parcels of land, so we, we weren't necessarily always getting some of the basic things. We were relying on our own research rather than, um, say, hiring a surveyor to do a new survey, things like that. Um, And I I thought, well, given that we we do a lot of the research ourselves, it could only help the business for me to spend some time doing the research, figuring out how to do things correctly. Um, Like I said, I also 
I also really like doing research, um, and it was kind of a, it was a way for me to to incorporate that into the business. Um, but both my partner and I also feel fairly passionate about education as a a component that we could add to the business as a way to give back um, and to help, like I said before, to help other people potentially not have to go through some of the pain that we had to go through when we, when we started the business. Um, but we had both felt fairly strongly early on that we, we did want to not just buy and sell land, but get into education as well, um, because that would be the a piece of the business that would, um, I think, create a, a much greater value than um, than even just selling affordable land. And um, I had initially thought that I would write this much later after doing a lot more deals, but we managed to do about 300 deals, and we thought that um, to celebrate the 300-deal mark, we could try it, and that's what we did. I'd say after about 300 deals, you learned something, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, I still feel like I'm a baby in the landscape, but um, yeah, me too. did learn a lot. <laughs> yeah. Did learn a lot over the course of those Absolutely. It's Absolutely. Uh, we're on the same page, by the way. I think uh, we share the same... same uh, philosophy and, and, and drive and the key thing is helping others it's not about the money to me I make plenty I give back uh, yeah. well this radio show I pay $480 a month plus all the other stuff I do uh, I donate it uh, I've probably got over $50,000 or better in this show and then that's fine I mean I, that, it's, I enjoy doing it and I enjoy helping people and guess what every show I do I learn something too even something else so uh, it's kind of a selfish way to, to uh, educate myself, but uh, I truly yeah. enjoy it. So in your opinion, how can this book help? And is it for everyone? I, I, I think it would be. I, I know as a realtor, uh, you know, with no lack of uh, or appraiser or all these uh, vocations uh, that deal in land, uh, there just isn't anything out there. Uh, and, and that's why I started, I'm starting this real estate school. And hopefully we'll invite you to uh, participate, participate along with us because you're perfect to, uh, in terms of uh, my uh, a goal to uh, help build that. So how, in your opinion, yeah, I, how do you think it helps people? Um, well, I think the book was designed to, I mean, it's primarily for people who are looking to buy or sell land, but I think it's relevant for almost anyone. I mean, certainly if you're going to be involved in real estate in any capacity, even though it's a book about land, um, a lot of this is relevant um, across all real estate categories, um, and uh, most people will own property at some point. So it, it was designed to incorporate such a wide range of issues, at, at least in the checklist, that it could be relevant to, to almost anyone who's going to be involved in real estate at some point. Uh, but I'd say the core audience is for people who are very heavily involved in land and who need to, to know how to do full due 
diligence and who need to know. I, mean, I, I can't, in all honesty, say that I covered every single right. issue that'll come up no. then because I'm sure that there are many issues I haven't encountered yet, sure. but I tried to incorporate all of those that I know. And so I'd say the core audience for the book is anyone who's, who's heavily involved in land and who really wants to know how to catch um, as many issues as possible before completing a transaction. Well, kudos to you. Uh, where do people get a copy of your book? That's on Amazon. Okay. You can just go to Amazon and look up Land Investing Mistakes. I'll do it tomorrow. I'll get, or better yet, send me one sign from you. I, I can put it in my, my trophy case. <laughs> I can send you a signed copy. <laughs> I would be honored. Um, anything else? We're going to move on to your courses a little bit here. But um, is there anything else about your book that you'd like to share? Don't give all the secrets now. They won't buy it. <clears throat> no, um, I just, you know, I think even though the, the title is about the stories, um, the core element of the book is that due diligence checklist. Although I tried to make the stories entertaining, so even if you don't want to go through the whole checklist, um, you know, it may be worthwhile to buy it just to read the stories. And you're doing this in first person too, right? Uh, yes. Uh, the checklist is third person, and um, a, a lot of the stories are first person. i got to ask you, Erica, before we move on, what is your favorite story? I'm going to put you on the spot. Um, and there's probably more than one, but there's definitely one that was a thorn and you know what. <laughs> well, um, I'd say the, the one that has been the most interesting as a case study for people on, on YouTube, although it's probably the most embarrassing story, is, is the time that I thought I thought I bought a cabin for only $3,000. Um, and then realized only later after a seller went out to the to the cabin to inspect it and was yelled at by the neighbor uh, that oh, no. uh, the, the cabin did not in fact come with the property <laughs> it was the neighbor's cabin oops <laughs> that's, a, that's a that's a rare awakening I'm sure was, yeah that was um, one of those early basic mistakes that I you know, could easily avoid. Yeah, I'm but, sure. Uh, you were all excited. The, yeah. Fortunately, the seller was 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 quite gracious. They, uh, the buyer, sorry, was quite gracious. Um, they actually did end up going through with the purchase. Um, they were still, you know, they still thought it was a good parcel of land. Sure. But, uh, <laughs> yes. It was, it was an embarrassing mistake. Yeah, I've had two situations where uh, was listing a, a home in a subdivision. And uh, not at the same time over years, and the home straddled two lots of which they only owned one. <laughs> <clears throat> and the and the person that built yeah. the, the easement road into it actually didn't build it where it's supposed to be. So they landlocked uh, four other owners uh, that uh, would have had access to it. So that kind of complicated things. But you know, yeah. you, like I said, you run into all kinds of stuff. You know, I had a lady call me this morning that I'd sold a lot to years ago, her and her husband. And, uh, and she said, you know, since, since you sold that to us 
think she said around 2018, we've bought every single lot around us except for one, and it's one that's mm -hmm. the closest to us. And this lady, and, and the reason we didn't buy it was because it was a it was a minority lot, and it, we were told that it, it was too small to build anything on because it had a 2,000 square foot minimum, uh, you know, with the setbacks and everything, putting a septic system in a rural area. And she said, uh, she said, uh, uh, I've been trying to get this lady to sell me the lot. She won't do it, and blah blah blah. How can I stop her from building? I said, My Lord, lady, I'm not real sure. I mean, how how can you stop somebody once they buy a lot from building on it? Uh, so. Yeah, I don't think you can. Well, she's exploring it, so good luck to her. But I was, uh, you know, if you're going to refer her to an attorney, because that's not something I would even, I told her, I said, uh, you know, that's something I, I'm not willing to address because it's a, it's a legal issue, which, you know, we should not be practicing being an attorney uh, for many reasons. Yeah. Anything else about your book, and we're going to move on to your courses. Um, yeah, you can you can check it out on Amazon. On Amazon, right? Um, and there's a there's a preview there too if you wanted to preview it before purchase. Oh, cool. Yeah, they do a good job. Uh, Amazon does with uh, the uh, information uh, about the subject matter. So I, I haven't had a chance to do that, and I'll do that as soon as I can. So part of your program, your your business model is uh, you also have created some courses, which I'm most interested in, especially for my school. So uh, tell us about your courses and when you started doing them, what they cover, how many, anything you can tell about it <clears throat> and where you find it. So, yeah, so we, we do have three courses now. Okay. The two main courses, so we have our Gokche Land Due Diligence Program, which is what I'm probably most proud of, and um, that is a full due diligence checklist, like the book, but um, in more detail and in video format. So it includes a video on each potential issue, and then we have some additional blog posts and supplemental materials as well in the course. How, how long is the course, um, Erica? How long is it? Um, it is, you know what, I don't have the exact Well, just approximately. Is it, is it one hour? But it's over, it's, well, it's over 300 video and text-based lessons. Oh, my goodness. So it, it would take, <laughs> it would take a fair amount of time to get through the, sure. through the wow. whole course. Yeah. And it's I'm sure a, it, each one has different, you know, each one has different times based on what you're talking about. Right, wow. yes. That's quite a project there, young lady. Um, hmm. So you got three of them, so what's the other two? And then we do have a course on, on land investing, the Gokche Land Investing Program. Okay. Um, so that, that covers how we started our business, if someone is interested in, in starting a similar business. Okay. And then we recently launched a shorter course than those other two, um, 31 lessons to help you sell your first 500 properties online. So that's 31 tips on how to market properties online. Um, so that's targeted toward you know, other land investors, real estate agents, anyone who's selling vacant land online um, has 
digital marketing tips and things like that. Yeah, I saw you referenced uh, my good friend uh, MapRite, which is now Land ID. We go back a long time. Mm -hmm. He's one of my supporters, and he's going to provide a class for my real estate school too. Uh, so, uh, okay. I mean, what a, what and an crazy technology this guy's put together. I mean, it's unbelievable, especially if you're marketing land. So on that last course, uh, tease the audience a little bit about a couple of, couple of the issues that you're covering. Um, in the, in the um, marketing course? Yes, ma'am. Yeah, so uh, we cover a range of digital marketing tips and techniques, um, from email marketing to YouTube and video content creation to SEO and blog writing, ebook creation, and then some back-end stuff to help you optimize digital marketing, things like database design, metrics tracking, stuff like that. Um, so these are all lessons that we learned as we um, tried to incorporate digital marketing into our own business. Um, so, you know, if you you may see when you when you search Gokte Capital, we have a YouTube channel. Um, we do a lot of blog posts, um, and with that, we we did a lot of research into SEO and SEO optimization. Um, so the blog's actually been pretty quite successful um, because of that, and we incorporated our learnings into this course. Um, and then you know we also did some marketing for the book, so book marketing. Um, for some, for us, the book was a, you know, an, an educational project. But if you are a real estate agent or a land investor, many people find that creating a shorter ebook can be a really helpful marketing tool, getting leads in, um, building goodwill, building trust, and all of that. And um, as part of our as we expanded our volume in our business and our digital marketing efforts, we also created our own custom database. Um, we have our own metrics tracking program, things like that. So we try to incorporate those lessons as well in the course. Is that how you generate your leads or your source for, for purchase or investing? Well, we, we generate leads from a wide range of sources. Um, we do use the top players, um, Landhub, who uh, I know you. Kevin May, mentioned. yep, uh, <laughs> my sponsor. Um, the Land.com suite, so, sure. um, Landflip. So we use those those listing sites, um, the typical listing sites, and then we use all of our digital marketing strategies as well. So our YouTube channel, um, social media, our blog. Our blog brings in a lot of traffic. Um, and then, you know, the, the book, the book because it's uh, educational content, may not necessarily bring in people who are going to buy from us right now, but it does help with building trust and brand and goodwill and, um, you know, uh, making sure, I guess one way, as my partner put it, after we started, right. after we wrote the book, we stopped getting the question, are you a scam? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Whenever. Too good to be true, right? With calling about a property. So. Eric, are you finding now that you've uh, got six years under your belt and all this promotion, which is done brilliantly and very professional, kudos to you guys, um, is um, 
you're finding more people are contacting you about purchasing their land now as opposed to you have to go out there and, and, and dig and shuffle and uh, identify and solicit? Are you getting more people actually contacting you now because of this wanting to know if you'd want to buy their property? Yes, um, in terms of on the um, purchasing side, lead flow, yes, uh, we do these days get um, a pretty healthy flow of properties um, coming through our, we have a form on our website, so if, if someone just wants to reach out to us and submit their property, um, they can do it through through the form on our website, and uh, that the, the traffic, the lead flow from that has increased um, dramatically since we've started uh, putting out educational materials and um, you know increasing our and also incorporating digital marketing and increasing our, our presence online. Yes. So when you put these back and you do on your site have a list of properties that's available currently for sale, uh, it's interesting. It's like you have one dollar down, uh, so much a month. Uh, you got a different time uh, mortgages uh, can can you share the, the, the thoughts behind that because uh, this is an opportunity for those that especially with interest rates now and all the stuff that's going on yeah. uh, you know it, it's it's an easy way to uh, put the shoe on if you will yeah so we we did um, after I think the first year of the business we did decide to incorporate owner financing um, and we played around with the terms for about a year and uh, before coming to the $1 down. Right. Which we, we do across the board. And that was, again, our, our target audience, so the, the kind of land that we buy um, is, is really targeting first-time land buyers. Not, not all of our, our buyers are first-time land buyers, but um, we are trying to help people enter the real estate market and the land market. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, and part of that is is offering very affordable financing terms, um, especially because land, aside from the increase in interest rates now, um, even before that when there were very favorable terms in the traditional mortgage market, it can be very hard to get a mortgage for land, especially if you're getting more getting a smaller parcel of land or one that is um, that would appraise at a lower value a lot of a lot of the, the main mortgage lenders um, will not lend to a parcel of vacant land right. um, especially if it's below a certain value so we we did consciously try to incorporate owner financing in order to help more people access land um, you know, it, that's part of the um, my background in, in affordable housing. Sure. Is, is that, what percentage is that? We wanted to incorporate. What percentage of that financing is your total sales versus a cash buyout or finance buyout outside of your proposal? What percentage? Yeah. Of your, when you're selling land, is everything you're selling is done with this formula or are some people just going in and paying cash for it and moving on? Um, we certainly get cash buyers as well. Um, we try to price the, the cash discount price competitively. Uh, it, 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 it fluctuates. I'd say 
now that interest rates have gone up, we have seen an increase in in those who are buying with owner financing. Um, so like a year ago, it may have been close to 50-50. Now it may be more like 65-35. Right, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, okay. totally. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay, we're going to wrap this up here in a little bit. Uh, with maybe about a minute left for you, Erica, uh, what's the last parting words of your show that you'd like to share with our listening audience? <laughs> and then you can tell us how they get in touch with you. Yes, yeah, so I'd say um, if you are interested in land, if you um, buy and sell a lot of it, or you're a real estate agent who likes to specialize in land or would like to get into land, or you're you're already a landowner yourself and you, you just want to learn more, um, I mentioned we have my book and, and the courses, but we do have a lot of free resources as well. Um, so I'm not just trying to sell things. I do like to put out a lot of free resources, and we try to make those resources comprehensive too. So even if you don't want to buy land or sell to us or purchase any of our educational materials, you can check out our website and our blog post. We have more than... I think we have close to 400 blog posts now covering a huge range of topics, and each blog post is 2,000 words, so we try to go in-depth in our blog posts, um, and those are all completely free. So, you know, if you want to increase your, your knowledge of land, you can go just check out the blog or check out the YouTube channel. And um, my website is gokcapital.com, G-O-K-C-E, capital, C-A-P-I-T-A-L.com. So G O C G O K C E E A P I T A L dot com. Okay. And uh, feel free to, to contact me as well. Um, all my contact information is on the website. All right. Well, you've been an incredible guest. This is a wonderful show. Uh, this is something totally new to the shows we've been doing. So we're more than happy to share this with our listening audience. And hopefully they'll let other people know about it too, Erica. Hey, thank you for joining us today. Let us know how you like the show. All questions and comments are welcomed. This show is for the public and most importantly for real estate agents who do not have a source of land education. All of our shows can be found on www.letstalkland.net. That's .net. It's also on Spotify and Podbean. <clears throat> my email is lou at mylandpro.com. My cell phone number is 336 669 05. My company website is www.mylandpro.com. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Land Hub. Buying or selling land or farms, Land Hub is the place to be. Are you looking to buy or sell land? Land Hub previews thousands of properties nationwide. That's landhub.com. And Acre Value. If you want to know who owns the field down the road, or what it sold for last year, the best place to research land is all for free is acrevalue.com. Rodney? Yes, sir. How do they get in touch with us here at the station? Well, they can go to our website, Lou. They can go to wkte1090.com and join us there and see all of our programming events that we have lined up for us. Really? Really. Hmm. And how else can they get hold of us? Well, they can uh, give us a call. Uh-huh. You got a number? Yeah, 336-983-3111. Well, just in case. And, okay. and also, 
They can listen to us anywhere in the universe and the world. They can listen to us in the universe? Yeah. Really? How do they do that? Well, they can download the simple radio app. How simple is it? Pretty simple. Even Shadow did it. No way. Shadow helped you do it. Ah, well, don't don't be telling stuff like that. (laughs) There you go. Yes. And we only play what? Happy music, which is? Beach music and oldies. That's right. Only kind of music to listen to. The best, isn't it? Yes, it is. It is feel-good music, isn't it? It is. Makes everybody happy. Well, if you want to be happy. Mm Mm-hmm. And... We've won some nice awards. Yeah. Eight years in a row being the top beach and oldies radio station. Only eight? Only eight. Maybe nine. It's coming up. Coming up. And you won a nice award. Yeah, the Reader's Choice Announcer of the Year Award. Well, congratulations. Well, thank you very much. Hey, we'll see you next week for another show. Thank you for joining us.